two hours in, we're finally at Saturday. And thankfully, our first panel, uh, Denpa Books, only has one thing. They had one to talk about thing from their Denpa line, and I think they had a couple of things from their uh, Kuma line. Yeah. Well, for uh, Denpa, they have license from Panpanya, the manga Fish Society. It is a collection of uh, short stories with the titular story centering on a group of fish who come up from the sea, start working at a harbor, and decide, hey, fuck you humans, you're getting out of here. Mood. Alright, that at least sounds fun. They also announced some stuff on their Kuma license, but I don't see a ANN article for those offhand. I don't know if you got those down. I do not. Uh, they got more boys love, that's all I'm going to say. Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we go to Seven Seas, a company who is voluntarily... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not fucking up? Accepting of the union, I, yeah. I think. I, yes, they, they acknowledge the union and they are willing... Acknowledge, that's what I was looking for. Voluntarily acknowledging their union. So yes, that's a great thing to see, actually. It, actually very happy to see them recognizing the union. That's pretty goddamn cool. Yes, it is. Yeah, we got, and uh, we have here 11 new titles coming out uh, in 2023. Starting with the light novel, Raven of the Inner Palace. I believe this one is going to be getting an anime in, you guessed it, The Fall. Motherfucker, (laughs) But if you would like to know a little bit of what we're in for before we talk about it, the novel's story centers on Uki, an imperial concubine who has never been called to the Emperor's bedchambers, and it maintains a singularity lifestyle, a singularly life, unique life within the harem chambers. Seen by some as having the appearance of an old woman, and some others as a young lady, she is known to use mysterious magic that helps with everything from finding lost items to inflicting curses. When a circumstances makes the Emperor calls on her, their meeting will change history. That sounds pretty interesting, actually. That sounds pretty interesting. Sounds like fantasy, historical, like, magical... Oh, yeah, this sounds pretty fucking cool, actually. Oh, it takes place in China, too. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued, actually. This sounds like a cool get. Okay. Uh, We also have here a manga, The Invisible Man sleeping in your bed, and his soon-to-be wife. You know what? Blind girls with a very mysterious and or monstrous significant other is a great combination. It's just a great combination, because there's like a Yuri manga that's like about a blind girl and her monster GF. Meruem and Kamugi is fantastic. And now this. Yako, a gentle human woman, works at a detective agency. Toname is a smart and gentle invisible man. The invisible man's ability is perfect for detective work. However, the blind Yako can still figure out where Tomoe is, even if he disappears. Before they knew it, the two become attracted to each other. That sounds fucking adorable and also pretty interesting with the detective angle. 
I'm in. I am in. Hmm. Okay. Okay, we have Rise of the Outlaw Tamer and his wild S-rank cat girl. I'm told this author is horny. And looking at that cat girl, I can confirm this author seems horny. Yeah, there is definitely, um... Well, I'm not gonna say no to this. That's one big pussy, I gotta tell you. Sometimes the obvious joke is the best one to make. Anyways, the story is as follows. Although the tamer Lint despised his low-grade job, he earned money every day with his demon partner. In the royal capital, a mysterious S-rank adventurer girls calls out to him. Ah, won't you tame me? Her unexpected proposal overwhelms him. However, from here on out is where his rise begins. Ah, rise. Like an erection. I see what you're putting down. Okay. You ain't fooling me. At least it's consensual, unlike uh, a certain show airing this season. Oh, God. Fucking God, I saw some of this, some of those images. We'll have words. We will have words. Anyways, if that seems a little too heterosexual for you... This might be your good palate cleanser. Why don't you eat me, my dear wolf? Palate cleanser. I see what you did there. I don't know what to say about this. This is... <laughs> Taro, a human child Taro, is abandoned in the forest as a sacrifice. The wolfman Ur, who lives deeply in the nearby forest, claims that Taro is too thin, thin to be delicious. So Ur feeds him delicious meals makes him clean clothes, and raises him to keep him safe. Tara wants his deer when he grows up, but many seasons go by for the two in the... Ah! Okay, uh, now that I'm reading the... Okay. <sighs> hmm. Well, hmm. Hmm. Why would they do that? Well, let, let's go to the other persuasion of this uh, persuasion. I'm in love with the villainous spinoff. She's so cheeky for a commoner. Yay! I, I really should get around to the uh, villainous... I'm in love with the villainous series one of these days. I think I would probably be fucking down as somebody who really likes my next life as a villainous and is down for all of the gay shit around Katarina. This just seems exclusively about the gay shit. Uh... I am Claire Francois, an aristocrat in the Bower Kingdom, during a time when commoners are rising up, has confessed her love to me. I'm not going to pay any attention to you. What are you so happy? Anyways, yeah, so it's a spinoff yeah. of I'm in love with a villainous. Cute. Cute, cute, cute. Yeah. Alright, we have here this manga series. The Eccentric Doctor of the Moonflower Kingdom. The Doctor's medicinal bath is at the height of prosperity against illnesses and injuries in the Moonflower Kingdom. During the Crown Prince's Kayan's regional inspection, a young girl named Kyo successfully completes an astonishing suture surgery right in front of Kayan's eyes. Swirling conspiracy, suspicious beliefs, and deep-rooted traditions, together with encouraging friends, medical doctor Koyo and Crown Prince Kayan confront various challenges in their country in this Chinese-styled imperial medical fantasy. Wow, okay, that actually sounds pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It does. All right. 
we have a different uh, path, which it seems like for this series. The manga, Classroom of the Elite, Horikita. It's a what if for the classroom of the Elite series for a specific character route, I believe. Okay. Right, oh, the... I'm actually excited for these. We have the light novels of that weird parallel world movie thing we talked about a while ago. To every you I loved before, and to me, the one who loved you. So, I'll read the summary. I think they're the same from- summary for both. Novel centers on Koyomi Takasaki, a boy who lives with his mother after his parents' divorce. He attempts to make friends in his new college prep school, but his social awkwardness combines with an atmosphere of focusing on studies means he's unsexful. One day, his classmate Kazuna Takigawa approaches him and tells him that she is actually from World Line 85, where she and Koyomi are lovers. And that is To Every You I've Loved Before. And then the other one is To Me, The One Who Loved You. Novel centers on Koyomi Hinaka, a boy who lives with his father after his parents' divorce. He meets a girl named Shiori Sato at his father's research lab, and they begin a relationship that is slowly blossoming into love. But everything changes when their parents decide to marry each other, and they decide to move to a parallel world where they are not step-siblings. I kind of love how batshit this is. I don't want to do the stepsister bullshit let us change the timeline and move to a parallel world line so that can't happen. That's batshit, but it kind of intrigues me. I'm not going to lie. I give him points for originality. So yeah, the, the, the light novels based on the upcoming uh, movie duology uh, is now licensed by Seven Seas. Uh, good pickup. That, that's, uh, I'm color me curious, if nothing else. Okay. All right, we have here a first volume of a click tradition uh, release of Marmalade Boy. This is a big retro shoujo thing, and it's that's a cool get. And it's yeah, it's getting a nice collector's edition. Man, Marmalade Boy, that 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 one's pretty fucking retro. I gotta say, that's that's fucking cool. Uh, in the story, Miki. Koshiwada's parents announce that they are getting divorced and swapping partners with another couple who have a son of their own named Yu. The two couples move in together and a romance develops between Miki and Yu. 90s shoujo classic. 1992. Wow, that's even older than I thought. Shit. That's crazy. That's that's, that's wild. That's a cool get. Good on you, Sensies. Yeah. And this one, this one is actually pretty interesting. Yeah, we have a first uh, omnibus volume of Do Not Say Mystery. The manga follows mystery-solving college student Totono Kuno. At the beginning of the story, the police bring him in for questioning on suspicion for the murder of his classmate. This is like a shoujo murder mystery series from the author of Seven Seats. This is notable... Because remember when we did the Oricon half-year manga sales rankings? This manga was in the top ten. Uh-huh. This had more sales that in six months than both Kaiju number eight and My Dress Up Darling. Hmm. So this is a big hit in Japan. 
And this is a good get for Seven Seas. I've heard interesting things about this one, and I'd be kind of curious to figure out what the deal is. That's a pretty good get. Good on you, Seven Seas. Evidently, this uh, author here, Yumi Tamura, also did some character designs for the original Super Famicom uh, Live Alive game, which I think is kind of cool. Yo, cool. Also, buy that when it comes out. Xenoblade will be ready for you later. <laughs> you never know how much long how long Square's gonna keep that in print for. We shall see. Yeah, all right. And we uh, end things off here with oh boy, villainous and the Demon Knight. The young noblewoman, Cecilia, one day realizes that she is someone who reincarnated into her current world as the villainess of an Odebe game. However, she's already faced judgment in the story and was forced to become a prostitute. Her first visitor is the childhood friend of the heroine. Ooh, this one sounds fucking spicy. Yeah, it's one of, for one of their spicier labels, so, um... They do have a spicy label now. Yes, they do. Alright, you know what? I'll say this. This I'm going to say they have a lot of good titles that they announced. Not a lot of these are things I am too into myself. Like, nothing's going to make me lose my fucking mind over it. But this is a good showing for a variety of different genres. Especially including, like, like the shoujo. Like, the shoujo and, like, jose genres in general. Stuff like Raven of the Inner Peace... Um and Marmalade Boy and Do Not Say Mystery are like are really cool gets. I'm also excited about the world line uh romance bullshit thing. That one actually intrigues me. And yeah, the Invisible Man soon to be wife sounds fucking cute. You know what? Yeah, nothing, nothing here. I'm like over the moon for like with Yen Press or Kodansha. But you know what? This is a solid slate of titles. They got some good gets here, and it's really cool that they are recognizing UW7S. That that makes these extra exciting. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So hopefully means they'll get to work on them on these titles with better conditions, translations, and the works. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, you love cool, to see cool. it. Yep. Okay. Now we go to Viz, who didn't have a whole lot. I only have three things of note here. Uh, the first one being, they are releasing Jujutsu Kaisen on Blu-ray. First half of season one will be coming early next year with an LE with the soundtrack. Two notes: the anime limited release has been delayed, so there that, might be some connection there. That would do it. I honestly, the big question was if Crunchyroll was going to snipe these away or not. And now, nope, Viz is still putting out the Blu-ray. Good I for mean, them. they're doing a, a pretty good job of honoring contract deals. They have know. been. The question is going to be sequels. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They also announced during their panel that Burn the Witch will be coming to Blu-ray in October. So, yeah, that, that and Jujutsu Kaisen were the last remaining Crunchyroll... Uh, titles they themselves picked up for home video. So mm-hmm. now both of those are confirmed to be coming and will be released, which cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And since there was a Bleach panel later on at AX, they announced that uh, 
all the Bleach will be available on digital storefronts at a low price for $99 until July 11th. After that, $149 until July 25th. So if you want to waste 100 bucks on all the Bleach on iTunes, you go can. ahead. No one's going to stop you. That, hey, it's a fucking low price for a shit ton of episodes. Hey, more power to you if you're down for that. They also confirmed something with another long-running Shonen title of theirs. Which would be... Uh, I believe the rema- the entirety of Naruto Shippuden is finally gonna stream the entirety of its English dub on Hulu. After... trying to do math in my head... 13 years! Yep. Because the entirety of that was not streaming... Until this point, which is kind of insane. Uh, it started on Di- started with Disney, and it ended with Disney. What a world! All oh, right, yeah, they're still owned by it, and I think that was it for Viz. Yeah, not a whole lot here. They they did their pant their their license thing online like a week or two ago. So fuck it, that's fine. Yeah. Given how much we've got here already, fuck it, that's fine. Yeah. Alright. Now we're gonna go to write stuff, because they had some interesting titles, which, uh, friend of the show, Discotech Logan, was there in person. Hopefully he played it safe and didn't, uh, succumb to the bricks. We'll see. So, what, what's there to report? So that's a Kadikaris reference, kids. But, uh, yeah. Uh, write stuff. They announced that Season 2 of Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei and the OVA are coming soon. It's taking longer to work on because it's Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, and that shit's a bitch and a half to translate. And it's probably going to be a Lyra Notes book of like 400 pages. Probably. Most definitely. Yeah, Almost guaranteed. That, uh, yeah, they announced Gundam Build Divers Re-Rise will be coming to Blu-ray soon. Nice, 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 nice. And also announced, Gundam Son is coming its way over here. Can you explain to me what Gundam Son is? Okay, it is a short series from back in 2014, based off of the Forkoma Mobile Suit Gundam manga by Hideki Owada, which is meant to be like a Forkoma gag manga. Oh, it's the chibi comedy Gundam. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's that. Uh, they also announced, coming soon, SD Gundam Brave Battle Warriors, which is just more SD Gundam. Hey, cool. I feel like I feel like all the Gunpla stuff has replaced SD Gundam in the product line, but whatever. Either way, that's cool. So, it, yeah, for someone, I guess. Uh, I believe they also announced uh, more details in regards to their uh, pickup of Macross Frontier and Macross Delta, which is basically, here's what we're going to be releasing uh, when it's ready. Which, yeah, that's always cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, re- they yeah, I'm pulling up here from the uh, thread from Logan. Macross Delta will have uh, a collector edition, obviously. 
there will be two versions of episode one included, which is neat. That's odd, but okay. Yeah. As far as Macross Frontier goes, it'll also have a, it'll also have a collector edition, <laughs> along with two additional versions of episode one. I guess that's a thing that exists with Macross. And there will also be patchy slot music clips on this set. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <clears throat> and yes, uh, they did say during the Q&A panel, there are no dub plans for Macross stuff at this time. Uh, yeah, they, they, they had more details uh, for, just for Q&A stuff, like for Macross stuff. Uh, Ultimate editions for upcoming Gundams are listed as maybes. Uh, Macross soundtracks. The quote is, music is a wonderful thing and sometimes you are rewarded for patience. So it's not a no. It's a, we gotta make the fine print clean. Yeah. As far as older Gundam dubs, that's all up to Sunrise. Uh, Dirty Pair release might be delayed due to voice recording scheduling and along with a couple other things, which kind of expected that. It's just a natural occurrence of uh, Hellworld. Yeah, it would do it. But they did have one more thing, and I want you all to uh, listen up real close. I'm going to hit the button. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Macross 7! God damn. Two sets. The whole show. Extras. Coming very soon. Fucking Christ. I, I cannot believe how much of Macross is on the table again. Considering the opportunities before were literally never. That's a fucking insane development to get from this panel. Fucking, yeah. you know, like, man, we we started this with no Macross anythings, and now we got several Macross anythings. <laughs> Uh, it's a wonderful time to be a fan of good anime. I'm happy for you, Macross fans. Uh, you guys have been getting shit on for all this time. Y'all deserve it. <sighs> Alright, so... Now we go from that incredible wonderment of amazement to another from the Trigger panel. Yes, Trigger was there. That they were. They announced a couple things. The big focus, I believe, was on the upcoming Cyberpunk Edgerunners series coming to Netflix in September. Makes sense. They announced they uh, announced and showed off the opening theme, which is coming from, of all groups, Franz Ferdinand. What an interesting poll, but that's a pretty good song. Kind of took me out of it for a minute, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean... That was a joke. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I get the joke. I am cringing more. My neck is shriveling up as we speak. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they announced that uh, they found a lead as the role of David Martinez, Zach Aguilar. Definitely no stranger to the voice acting game at this point. Uh, you know, Tanjiro Kamado, you know, Koichi Hirose, you know, Byleth, you know, Aether, many more. He's... 
Yeah. Je- Genos, he's making a name for himself. He's 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 doing it. Good for you, Zach. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hiromi Wakabayashi and Yo Yoshinari of Trigger were in attendance for this uh, panel, along with Saya Elder and Bartos Cyborg from CD Projekt Red to talk about it. And uh, there was a promise made of the series content containing, quote, boobs and butts for both gender preferences. They know what they're about. That sounds like Imaishi, all right. Yes, it does. I am very. I'm. I'm. Uh, that that'll get me. That'll get me interested. That will get me interested, and that seems to be just a big focus. Talking about people, um, you know, talking talking to people about this. But evidently, uh, there was a purposeful reason for the Franz Ferdinand song, uh, most because the quote is "It's depressing." So it sounds like, from what I've heard from the first episode, this is definitely going for a bit more of a uh, grittier, edgier take on Imaishi's usual bread and butter. Yeah, apparently uh, he wasn't there at the panel uh, due to... Well, the quote is, he's completely burned out from Edge Runners. Who is? Uh, Imaishi. Got it. Okay. So, you know what? I can... S- I So, if Edge Runners definitely was him trying to make something a little darker and grittier, that could mean... We're in for a potential could either be really good or really bad series. If anything, it will certainly be the series of all time. It certainly will be the series of all time. You are correct. I'm yeah. hoping it's at least still good. I like Imaishi as a director. I think he's got a visual style and flair that is particularly unique and outstanding. But I also think the trick is that a lot of his stuff is particularly extravagant and like, but also kind of tongue in cheek. So definitely going for something that's darker and grittier could be interesting, but could also lose a little bit of what I particularly like about his his flair. So it's a it's a gamble either way. Yeah, we will all find out in due time. And oh oh, and uh, they end the panel by announcing that they're doing a second season of Pain Stocking. Okay, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. That that actually makes sense. What the fuck? What? How? Why? Unexpected. What? Excuse me. It fucking excuse me. Yeah. Like. What? So, yeah. Um. Everybody lost their mind about this one in particular. And it's not hard to see why. How. In the fuck. We didn't get much information. This was the mic drop moment. All we, all they got at the panel was just the girls, middle fingers up in the air, new panty and stocking. I think it also showed her getting re- like released from her little meat cube, <laughs> too. So there's a very real possibility they are just going to sandbag the the end of season one. Uh, it's on the table either way. 
So, here's the question. The question is, how the fuck did this happen? And I'm going to share with you, I'm going to use this fun meme I found that might explain what happened. <laughs> and yes, it's 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 also got some WWE in there too for you too, Alex. Uh-huh. I know what it is. So, in December of 2015, Evangelion Studio Kara sues Gainax for 100 million yen in royalties. That's part one. Part two is Hideki Anno denounces links between him and arrested Gainax president discuss his past with Anime Studio. Part three, Gainax was essentially just taken over by a coalition of Kara, Katakawa, King's Records, and Trigger. So, part four, Gurren Lagan copyright updated recently. Gainax dropped, Imaishi added. Part five, Seems like Trigger has gotten the panty and stocking IP. Gainax is missing from the copyrights of the upcoming Imaishi special exhibits. And featured in that banner of the Imaishi special exhibits are, of course, Gurren Lagan and the girls from Panty and Stocking. That's how we got here. Absolutely incredible. So, Imaishi and Trigger are now the copyright holders to Panty and Stocking with Gardabelt and can finally make Season 2. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned the little thing about Hiroyuki Imaishi being kind of burned out and depressed after working on Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Guess what would be the perfect kind of show to do after doing a dark and depressing show like Cyberpunk Edgerunners? New Panty <laughs> and Stocking. <sighs> Repent, motherfuckers. Absolutely insane. Yeah, this is this is the earliest information we could possibly get. We're probably not going to hear about this for another year or two. Yeah, this is going to take <laughs> a while to actually, you know, formulate and, you know, make a reality. <laughs> literally yeah, um, what the fuck this got everyone's attention this was by a country mile the biggest thing to come out of anime expo and i wasn't really expecting anything crazy to come out of it it's just yeah i guess trigger might have some stuff to talk about i did the think same it was convention be- that has a whole bunch of macross stuff coming out somehow got topped by this literally how so yeah this this really cemented to me the be- this is okay this is the only thing i regret about not being there in person the energy in that room must have been electric like absolutely cup like people losing their minds screaming and typing up that feels like something that feels like a once in a lifetime kind of fuck yeah motherfucker (sighs) i hope the people in that room had a fun time because that's insane 
Absolutely. Holy crap. I okay. Yeah, that that's pretty fucking great. I'm I'm excited. I'm nervous. They're absolutely going to get Jamie and Jamie and Monica back. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the one thing I have possible concerns and maybe I love Christopher Sabat. Great actor. Yeah. I I I think I think I would not object if we dropped somebody else somebody else I, I'd be okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't object. Yeah. That. Yeah. Look, yeah. sometimes you can love things and acknowledge that they're problematic. It's cool. It's fine. I get it. Gabe Kunda would be dope. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, <sighs> fucking Christ. Also, I saw Teddy Lloyd was doing the the shocked eyes emoji, so I'm like, yes! Let's get fucking Teddy Lloyd back in here doing that fucking music. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Uh. So, yeah. We're still on Saturday, by the way. There's more to do. We still have more <laughs> to do. Okay, after that uh, amazing wonderment... It's time to cool time down. Th- yes, time to crash hard back into reality with... Tokyo Pop. Everybody's fan. <laughs> uh, uh, we have here... Titles. All gay! All gay titles. Yeah, starting with Scram Blues. If you're somebody who likes LGBT manga and you hate Tokyo Pop, that's rough, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Kurosaki is the designer in charge of the CD jacket designed for the powerhouse musician Eddie. As he sees beyond Eddie's surly exterior and catches a glimpse of the man beneath the affection... He begins to think about the message and emotions that Eddie tries to convey through his music. At that moment, Kurosaki realizes that Eddie's voice is the thing to guide him on his course. But how can he communicate what he truly fe- I'm sorry, Alex, this is your brand. Yeah, and I hate that Tokyo Pop of all companies has it. I'm very sorry. It's a real, uh, can of worms, so to speak. I will- I- I, you know, you know that gift from Nichijo of like the fucking Shiba Inu putting his paw on her shoulder in like sympathy and understanding. That is me to you right now. Yeah. All right. What else we got? At least the rest of these aren't anything I'm really concerned about. Like this one, the snake who loved a sparrow. In a world where forest creatures can take human form, a member of the Sparrow Clan, Komazu, is one day saved from a boar stampede by a cold but eye-catching white snake named Shirato. Dealing with both animal problems, fear of predation by their common enemy, the eagle, and human problems, differences in class, loneliness, and prejudice, these two boys learn to overcome the difficulties that come that way through an open mind and heart. Sounds cute. Looks cute. Rip. And then we have the Omegaverse. 
with this next title, Be My Love, My Lord. I'm sorry. The way you said that, that made me think of, like, the Omega Cinematic Universe. We're gonna pound this cinematic universe into you, Overworld. Okay, 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 I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop. Okay. <laughs> this is a world where humans keep beasts and beasts obey humans. Born as the second son of a well-known family, the lone Ryuji has always had his beast man servant, Tsubaki, as irreplaceable presence since he was a child. But one day his feelings turn to love and Reiji playfully kisses Tsubaki, which invites his bestial lust. His sharp bite overflows with his repressed feelings because of the dark realization they are different races, different castes. Can they overcome these hurdles and embrace their love? Yeah, okay. That's... You know, yeah. Saber Spark is watching the Alpha and Omega movies for some reason. I love that voice actors from that were like, I'm sorry. I appreciate that we, this is being acknowledged, but I'm sorry. Ben Diskin, you don't have to defend the honor of these movies. There is no honor oh, to Oh, he's not had. even defending the honor of those movies. He, he's just, no, it was Xander Moment who's like, I'm really sorry you're doing this. Ugh. That video's gonna be wild. And we finally have here, my co-worker has a secret. Oh, this seems like my kind of thing, too. Shit. Akari is a 25-year-old bookstore woman who lives in Tokyo. She looks like a very normal and stylish office worker, but she has a secret that she doesn't want anyone to know. She's a massive otaku for 2.5D stage play actors, to the point she spends all of her paychecks immediately. She desperately hides this, but somehow her male co-worker... Finds out her secret. Oh, oh, it's not Yuri. No, it's not. Oh, okay. That's just <clears throat> all right. I thought that was a handsome girl. That's why I thought that was Yuri. Okay. I mean that that does still actually look pretty cute, actually. But anyway, so before we continue on, I just want to tell you all this. It has officially been one year. To the day since Anime Tube was launched on Kickstarter. Hmm. I remember that. That was a very stupid journey that... You know, I, I, you know what? I'm still rather insulted that, that the Anime Tube Twitter account, whoever was running it, never blocked me. You, I love how you're so butthurt about that. Like, I, wanna... I say this... Because Vic Mignogna finally blocked me, whoever the fuck is running his Twitter account, some insane rando. I don't even want to know. That dude's it's melting. a long story. That dude's but, melting. Yeah. Good. I, I, I hope all of his Botox melts with him. Mm -hmm. So, I think we're done talking about uh, Tokyo Pop now, right? Unfortunately, there's one other thing I have to uh, talk about with them, but it's less of a this is something that was announced and more of a public service announcement to not get involved with this. Tokyo Pop has revived their Rising Stars of Manga competition. There will be 10 winners. The first place winner will get $1,000. 
Oh boy. The theme is 25. The submission period will be from July 25th to October 25th. Submissions will be in black and white or in color and must be between 10 to 25 pages long. So, the grand prize is a thousand dollars? Yeah. That's... I'm gonna be real. The manga comic industry is a global enterprise that is bigger and badder than it's ever been before, and the first place for your manga competition is 1k yeah this is the same kind of cheap and insulting as doug walker doing a contest to tell people hey draw a drew a drew struzan style movie poster and you can win a hundred bucks this is like a fucking nintendo provided pot at a smash brothers melee (sighs) tournament this is insulting levels of payout but it's okay because they said that artists will retain the copyright on their work and that tokyo pop will not have any ownership i don't believe you because this is not the first time they've done this and i am citing a piece by uh, Priya Sridhar, I'm sorry for butchering your name, from Anime Herald, The Fine Prince, Lessons Learned from Tokyo Pop's Original English Manga Empire. The short version is, don't get involved with this. That is the short version, Do yes. not get involved with this. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just don't fucking do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just just publish it on Webtoon or, like, anywhere else. The link is in the, the episode description. I do not have time to read that whole thing. We don't, but j- j- the fact that they're reviving this and thinking, oh, hey, we're, we're cool, we can be back in the industry again, and they're like, wow, th- why would you do this? This does... Doing this kind of contest in this day and age with such a poultry level of payout when the game has changed so much is actively insulting. It certainly is. Forever and always fucks you, Levy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Now we get to the Bleach panel. So... I'll say this, for all snark, for all cynicism, for all indifferent feelings I have towards the Bleach series and the final arc of Bleach, I'm glad Bleach fans are having a good time. Because you know what? Of all the things that have happened through Anime Expo, I got things I really wanted. I know people who also got it really things they really wanted. So you know what? I'm not even going to be a dick. If you Bleach fans are fucking eating well, guess what? So am I, and so are a lot of people I know and care about. You can have this one, Bleach fans. Enjoy. Get hype. I'll be the dick instead. So, uh, yeah. We have word on who's directing it. It is Tomohisa Taguchi, who previously worked on Akuzama Drive. That's a pretty good director to get helming. 
your anime yeah. at Studio Perot. That's a good choice. Yeah. And he's also overseeing the scripts with Masaki Hiramatsu. And yes, we got the preview video, and this is where I'm going to be a dick. This is definitely a Bleach preview video for a final arc that will definitely whelm people. It's basically a roll call of a bunch of different characters, half of which I I don't even remember what their deal was. You want to know what's funny? When this happened, when this went up, I, I saw the usual reactions from the usual, you know, big Die Hard Shonen fans. A lot of other people, though, especially from people at AX, not a lot. It it looks like footage. It This yeah. looks like real footage, that's what I'll say. And here's the thing. Any other year, this would probably be the biggest thing to come out of Anime Expo. But after Macross getting pulled out of licensing limbo and Panty and Socking coming back from the dead, this is probably... The fourth or fifth biggest thing happening in AX this year. Either way, this is like Viz's next anime license after Yashihime. So, hey. Either way, like I said, for all I could say, good on you, Bleach fans. Enjoy your arc. That's it's not great. <sighs> Be ready for the ass to fall out. I saw that they're apparently going to add more scenes that weren't in the manga originally. To which I'm going, since he's not here to make the joke, I guess they could finally have Chad and Orihime join him. Uh. <laughs> hey, maybe we can finally get all those scenes up Yaki's desk. Maybe. That's a reference to a group watch we did six years ago. If you know what that is, God bless you. God, was that six years ago? Yes, it is. Fucking we were very stupid back then. Christ. Also, I think they've confirmed that they're getting the, the voice cast back. They had videos of Johnny Young Bosch, and they had Michelle Ruff and Dan Warren at the panel, so... I'm pretty sure that's that's a that's a lock. Cool. So yeah, there's that. I'm also saying I'm going to be very excited for the new generation of English voice actors getting really hype about being in Bleach. I'm very proud for those people in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm also very excited to find out who's going to replace. Uh, Dick Lasagna. <laughs> Another one coming up for uh, the pile. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of, apparently in this movie Trigun Badlands Rumble, he and Chuck Huber played <laughs> Sex Pest One and Sex Pest Two. Man, that was that was a fucking discovery. There, the signs were there all this time. Oh, people knew. It's like, the, the, anyways, let's let's actually talk about this one. Which, yes, the other uh, big thing to come out from Anime Expo, we got our first look, the preview video for the Orange produced 
Trigun Stampede. I'm gonna be real. I'm in. Yeah. The, the CG will be divisive, but the stylistic direction will be what sells it. And this... Oh, this is good. This is good. So, I think finding out a little more about this project... I think I have a lot more respect for it. Because it feels like no matter what direction they chose to go was going to be divisive. And I'm going to be real, they have so many divisive things that they are piling up right now. We have a completely CG anime production. We have what is now confirmed not a remake of the Trigon anime, nor a full adaptation or retelling of the Trigon Maximum manga. What we instead are getting... Uh, let me actually pull up the uh, th live thread from one Jacob Chackman who was there in the audience. Um... They can't reveal much about the story yet. Trigun Stampede will be considered an all-new retelling of Vash's story, focusing more heavily on his relationship with Knives and Rem. This PV was all actions and explosions and sandworms. The director has personal history working at Madhouse, and even consulted deeply with the OG TV anime director Nishimura for production to surpass him, lol. For character animation and expressions, they took inspiration from Disney's Tarzan, which is extremely exciting to me. Uh, Naitao confirmed, closed the panel by asking us to remember Trigun fans who couldn't be here as a result of these past two years, and here's hoping that they will enjoy five years of hard work put on Stampede. You can tell even by the short PV that this has been in the works for a long time. So, this is wild. It's a CG production. It is a new retelling of the story, neither the anime nor the manga. And it has character redesigns, which when you have iconic looks for characters, character redesigns is a scary prospect to do. And the big one is Vash the Stampede. And I'm gonna be honest, I I kinda dig it. I'm all I'm also a fan of the uh blunt highlights and fade cut. The fade cut is a very nice touch. I like the big the big glasses. He's I he's still got the nice red jacket and he's got the pronounced uh, cybernetic arm still. This is a nice redesign. It feels... How do I describe it? It's not... It's not completely the original design, but this feels like this is enough of it reimagined instead of it just being like a full-on, I want to do my own thing, I want to start from scratch, if that makes sense. Just to be a wet blanket for a second, I will say that I would probably be more okay with these designs if it, like, wasn't CG. Yeah, 
you're you're still gonna get that kind of CG jank every now and then. It's just it's just part of the technology. I'm you're, gonna you're be gonna honest. Get it either way, I get the whole. How do I describe this? CG is not perfect, and, and, and CG anime can be a little jank and like flawed at times. I'm also going to say, man, do you know how many fucking animes out there are basically just fucking clip show motion movies already? <laughs> like, man, I'd so much rather this alternative than a way of the house husband queen bee bullshit. <laughs> Like, this is so much more optimal than anything like a Way of the House Husband thing. Like, how do I describe this? Way of the Houseman is like the extreme alternative of do it just like the manga. Take it to the umpteenth degree to where it looks ugly, it looks like shit, and it honestly kills the momentum of what made the manga special. I'm gonna be honest. I I watched this trailer and it, it just something about it clicked in my brain just right. Something about it just hit those right feelings in my brain just right. This is also a project that they know is going to be controversial. This has so much that people would like would dislike going for it. How do I describe this? I don't think they are half-assing this, or they're not... They are not going forward with this project wishy-washy. Like, the thing with Promise Neverland was that that project was wishy-washy about sticking to the manga or being an original thing. It was indecisive, and it it tried to be both and was neither. This knows what it wants to be. This has the confidence... And it wants to be. This has the staff. This has the blessing of Naito. This has a team that's been working for five fucking years to make something cool. I'm in. <clears throat> yeah. We shall see how it will unfold. Uh, still say just for 2023. But, uh... Yeah, Kenji Muto on board as director, Koji Tajima credited with concept and character uh, concept design. Who's to know what the rest will entail? They've also confirmed the Japanese seiyus for Vash, Knives, and uh, Ram, as well as Baby Ram. Basically, the big ones are Vash and Knives. Mm -hmm. To which, I need to pull up the name, hang on. Uh, so playing Vash the Stampede is Yoshisugu Matsuoka. That is Kirito. Yeah. That is Bell. Oh. That is Kirito. That is Bell. That is Soma. And that is Inosuke. As Vash the Stampede. Well then... Remember my theory from a while ago? Not completely confirmed, but that's at least interesting. So, 
As far as uh, who's playing Knives uh, is Junya Ikeda, who is the voice of Joe Kido in the Digimon Adventure Tri-Series. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was very interesting seeing uh, Matsuoka taking on Vash. As far as the obvious question, I think it's going to depend on what they do, but I think it is very, it's actually still probable to believe that they can and will get Johnny back. Even if it's a new direction for the character, I think he, he's totally got the acting chops and experience to bring that to life. We're just going to have to see what they do next year. And he's not out of the woodwork because of a fucking CBR article. Uh, what the fuck did I tell you, people? It's just Japan. Do not listen to aggregate sites, especially fucking CBR and Cartoon Brew and those other Farrakhan terrible websites. Yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in for this. This, this looks... All right. This looks good. I'm excited. Yeah, okay. Alright, now we get to 11 arts. They only had a couple of things to talk about. A Silent Voice is coming back to theaters for its fifth anniversary on October 12th. Man, that's fucking insane. Yeah, that's going to be part of uh, AX Movie Night. Whatever it is they're doing. Uh, and they also announced, coming out September 7th, the House of the Lost on the Cape, with a preliminary dub cast revealed. So, I don't have a cast for this prepared, I'm just gonna I wait I have this. them here. Oh, I have oh. them here. I bet, did you, you have what they've done. I can just click on the link on ANN, so I'll just do that. <sighs> okay. Okay. Uh, Cinema Nights is what they call it. AX Cinema Nights. Yeah, so as Yui, we have one, uh, Madeline Morris... Some of you might know as... Let me pull up a couple names here. Uh, Moise Suzuya from Asteroid in Love. Uh, Arzel from Dances with the Dragons. We find a really good one here. Uh, Rudius Grey Rat from Java's Reincarnation. She's also Kabane from Kimono Jihan. Uh, she is also Inka from Fire Force. And Eruchi Tanda from Kyoka. Okay. As Hiori, we have one Risa May. Risa May, you'll know as Juju from My Dress Up Darling. You'll know as Futaba Igarashi from My Senpai is Annoying. And Rum from Shadow's House. And as Ki Kiwa, we have Pam Doherty. You would know her as Charlotte Linlin, a.k.a. Big Mom in One Piece. Very good. Yeah, that'll be coming out September 7th. Featuring voices like Casey Kaseberg, Caitlin Glass, Michelle Marie, Ben Balmacita, Alan Lee, Lucy Schumann, KG Tang, Mike Pollock, Brooke Chalmers, Brent Mukai, Sarah Wiedenheff, Laura Stahl. It's being directed by Michelle Rojas at their studio, Nano. Alright. Glad, glad to see them getting a feature film. Good for them. 
Very cool. Okay, home stretch. Well, I got a couple more things. Sentai and High Dive, our last thing from Saturday. Yes, we're still on Saturday. So this was actually the panel I tuned in for. Like this was one of the few ones I actually tuned in for myself. I'm gonna this say was this late. This one was pretty late, and I gotta say, nothing makes me want to die more than having hosts that are so hype and so excited with a crowd that is just not into it at all. Oh, so they brought that big, booming Steve Ballmer energy, did they? Like, they were two hosts that were really excitable and, like, trying to pump it up, and the crowd was, like, so mild, and I wanted to die. Yep, that sounds like Steve Ballmer. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Ballmer! So yeah, like I literally just had to mute it for a bit and just ask people to tell me what was going on. Uh, yeah. And uh, if y'all haven't noticed, they've been putting some of that Saul Goodman money to use, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to say it's probably 73rd. I'm going to say 70% of it is that AMC cash infusion. Really giving them the chance to really show their stuff in the uh, bidding wars. I'm also going to say there's a 30% chance that Japanese companies aren't probably too thrilled at just Crunchyroll being a big player now. Yeah. So I'd say 70% AMC infusion, 30% Japanese companies like to make their money by making other people bid. If you only have one person bidding you're not going to get to raise the ante in the bid. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, they announced upcoming titles that will be coming uh, later this year and next year. And they also announced that, uh, yeah, they will be street, uh, ha they will be, they will have available, uh, Cardfight Vanguard will dress during the summer season because, like, everyone gets Everybody gets that Vanguard. one. Yeah, hopefully we'll see more, uh, Delightful New Japan himbos showing up on that show, which is always a fun time. Anyway, upcoming titles. Coming later this year is Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time Season 2. Whoopsie-woo. I didn't even remember this was a thing, so when I saw the Peter Grill thing, I was like, what? That's happening? Okay. Doesn't even have a release window, just says later this year. So, cool. Either way. Uh, we have something here called Chikawa. Uh, I don't know what this is. This was in the spring. This looked very cute. And I think they announced two others that are coming up for the fall season. As well. Uh, yeah, we'll go to that uh, later. We also have coming out in, the, in uh, 2023... Ragna Crimson. I was going to say, I think that one should have been for last, actually, because that's apparently a big deal title. Like, that's oh, like a... That's where, that's where it is in the, in the document. Okay. Yeah, it's a uh, action-y, uh, silver-haired boy. Dragon Hunters, Warriors, 
armed with special silver weapons who kill their prey for bounty. Lowest among their ranks is Ragna, who forms an improbable partnership with the young genius Lenosia, a master dragon slayer with more kills to her name than almost any other. All Ragna wants to stay by Lenosia's side, but his dream is shattered by Chacked from a deadly dragon. So this sounds like a big, like, action-y title. <laughs> Not just like an isekai thing, that sounds like a really big action-y title that people are really big fans of, and they got this early for next year. That's a pretty big one to lock down early. Mm-hmm. All right, and yes, we do have some uh, fall season titles. First, we have Reincarnated as a Sword. Seems fun. Sure. Yeah, and we also have... I've somehow gotten stronger when I improved my farm-related skills. I'm not going to pretend I'm particularly excited about either of the- Oh, hey! This one stars the guy who's going to be playing Knives, Junior Anarchy. Good for him. Farming. So, I'm not going to pretend I'm particularly excited for either of these, but this is kind of how you can tell Sentai is for real in the simulcasting game again when they just announced that they've got two light novel fantasy isekais. For their seasonal roundup. Uh-huh. That's kind of the sign that they're in a healthy place again. Yeah. Outside of that, a uh, couple of little uh, dub updates. Notably... Yes. Um, Vinland Saga is going to be streaming... At the time of this recording, tomorrow! Yeah. At, at this point, we don't know what's up anywhere, so... Uh, so, we'll leave it all to you oh, to find out. Okay, actually, what. actually, we do know something. We know that High Dive is going to be streaming the Sentai dub. Well, yeah, obviously. I, yeah, but it's, as far as what's going on with the Netflix equation, that's going to be the really interesting one to find out. <laughs> um, but yes, we know the Sentai dub, which is really good and highly recommended for David Walt's fantastic work as Ashlod, by the way. Um, that's going to be streaming on July 7th. Uh, you can also, um, there, the Kaiji dub is still in the works. It's still happening. They showed off a clip. They didn't post the clip, but they did show off a, a clip from the Kaiji dub of a naked Kaiji beating the shit out of naked people while he was naked and he bit somebody. <laughs> no, no information on when that's coming. No information on who's in the cast. We know Kyle Kobe Jones is directing it. But we know it's still in production. And it's still happening. They also kind of confirmed... A, okay, how do I explain? They sort of confirmed, but also didn't confirm a dub for my, your, your boy Kong Ming. Oh yeah, they were alluding to that. Let me explain. So basically, they asked when they, they mentioned in this section talking about dubs, they showed your boy Kong Ming and they're like, Hey, question for you. Uh, there's a lot of rapping in this show. Kind of wanted to gauge some audience uh, its uh, opinion. Would you rather the the rapping be dubbed and adapted into English, or would you like the Japanese to be kept for the rapping as is? We're curious about some people's thoughts, and we were going to present that information to the people it would be the most relevant to. 
which was basically their way of saying, yeah, uh, your boy Kong Ming dub is basically in early stages of pre-production, and it's, it's, it's happening. It was a weird way to announce it, but fuck it, your boy Kong Ming. And also they announced one more dub. I'm quitting heroing, uh, got confirmed for a dub cast. Um, that has a cast that was just put out today. I'm not really going to wing this. I'm just going to say, uh, John Swayze is directing it. Margaret McDonald is doing the script. I believe it's their first, uh, time doing the script. Uh, it's starring Joe Daniels, Olivia Swayze, Lucy Christian, Andrew Love, Patricia Duran, Christina Kelly, Scott Gibbs, Brandon Hernsberger, and Brittany Karbowski. And they spelled Brittany wrong. Anyways. Uh, yeah, that is coming out on July 12th. Yeah, so this coming Tuesday, you'll hear it. Either way, pretty decent showing for Sentai and High Dive, including a couple of upcoming seasonals and a pretty early get for 2023, as well as showing off Kaiji and confirming, but not confirming, your boy Kongming getting dubbed. Dope, dope. Okay. All right. With that, Saturday's finally over. We only have a couple things left. So let's go to Sunday. Let's start with Dark Horse. A lot of this info comes from Deb Aoki, who was there in person. And I have notes here, so I will just uh, run down everything. Follow my lead. Okay. They, Dark Horse announced that the... Lone Wolf and Cub Gallery Edition, or the manga, will be coming back in print sometime soon. Cool. Omnibus number five of Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service will be out this Wednesday, July 13th, with future, re- future releases being omnibus format only. Gantz Volume 10 Omnibus will be out September 28th. Volume 7 Deluxe Edition of Blade of the Immortal out October 5th. Psychopath Inspector Shinya Kogami, Volume 5, out October 19th. There are five Vampire Hunter D audiobooks read by Paul Bamer available now. We have a series here coming soon called Cat Plus Gamer. The synopsis is the following. Serious office worker by day, hardcore gamer by night, Rico's life is upended when she adopts a kitten. With no prior experience as a pet owner, can she master this new skill? You have my attention. Hmm. Alright, out September 21st by Mink and Yoshitaka Amano. Shinjuku, 2nd edition. A special forces officer heads to Tokyo to search for his sister. A noir story with gangsters violence, and stunning black-and-white art with blood-red accents. Nice. We have a graphic novel adaptation by Go Tanabe of H.P. Lovecraft's The Shadow Over Innsmouth coming in 2023. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The one-volume Panty and Stocking uh, manga is getting a reprint sometime soon. Good timing. And coming out November 2nd, Volume 41 of Berserk. Final one put by Biura when he was alive. 
Yes. And there were some pretty interesting anecdotes uh, taken from the panel I, I noted here. A lot of this comes from Michael Gombos, the Director of International Publishing and Licensing for Dark Horse. Dark Horse was purchased twice in a few years, so things got hectic. I can see why. In the past two years, two out of three Dark Horse books sold was manga, and one out of two graphic novels sold had the word Berserk on the cover. Wow. Yeah. Before 2018, Lone Wolf and Cub was Dark Horse's best-selling comic series, 2 million copies. Now, Berserk has overtaken it with over 5 million copies sold in English. Holy shit. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Apparently, their other biggest title is, of all things, uh, Rompa. You know what? Yeah, Danganronpa's got a big, dedicated fandom. That that actually does yeah. check out. Still surprising, though. Yeah. Shueisha offered us Rose of Versailles, and I kind of forgot about it. Then when Udon picked it up, Carl told me, who is someone who works at Dark Horse, we could have had that? That's... A little embarrassing in regards to that being a very big shoujo title. And then there's this. A few years ago, Kodansha offered us a series that only had four chapters out. We're not sure about it, but there's an anime coming out. Want it? He turned it down, and it was... Attack on Titan. Fucking hindsight. I'll give the benefit of the doubt is that it was only like three chapters at the time. They didn't know. They couldn't have known. That's still insane to think that like the entirety of Kodansha's US manga branch would basically have been non-existent. Probably if it wasn't for titles like Attack on Titan. That's it's fucking insane. Yeah, and one last thing here. At almost 40 years old, Vampire Hunter D is the oldest light novel series in English and is still selling well. First omnibus edition sold out first print run before it even hit the stores. We had to rush out a second printing. Wow. Crazy times. Actually, it was pretty crazy, dang. Yeah. Now we get to Crunchyroll's panel. So thankfully only, uh, thankfully, only a few big things. There's a couple of smaller things that I think I could briefly go yeah. over. Yeah, uh, the first big thing, though, is coming in 2023, solo leveling. Oh, you're starting with the, with the big one at the end. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, fucking solo leveling. This has been a hotly anticipated title for a long time now. There's uh-huh. been some rumors about this, and Crunchyroll's got the rights to this one. Yeah, it'll be produced at A1 Pictures with uh, Shutsuke Nagashige directing, who previously worked on <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Mother of the Goddesses Dormitory. Okay, 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 okay. To be fair to the guy... He's got a lot of work in key animation and episode directing for a bunch of different stuff. Like, he's he's pretty involved in, like, the animes of stuff like Sword Art Online, Alicization, and War of Underworlds. Like, he's he's done big action stuff before. And, 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 Andrew, that is not a sign of confidence to me. 
Oh, come on. Like, you know what I fucking mean. He's got, like, good action stuff behind the scenes on other, like, big... That's why I said to me! Well, I like Mother Goddess Dormitory, so I should just shut up, I guess. Well, <laughs> I, I was... <sighs> okay, I was gonna... There were more names attached to this. I was I uh, awkwardly segue our way through with uh, Noboru Kimura writing, who previously worked on Gundam Build Divers. Tomoko Suda designed the characters, who previously worked on Frag Time. Oh yeah, Frag Time. That was a, that was a good little special. And Hiroyuki Sawano was handling the music. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. And if you couldn't tell, this is an Anaplex project. This is Anaplex and A1 Pictures very much. I'm just surprised that Crunchyroll got this one, like, first. So I'm a little surprised about this one. But hey, I think they just assumed this one was going to be the big fucking deal and struck hard. And this one is probably going to be a big motherfucking deal once it finally comes out. I just don't like that Crunchyroll uh, promoted this with the exact combination of the words Crunchyroll and Anaplex. That's just... <sighs> something, something corporate synergy, something, something... Sony! Sony. So, before we get to some of these other ones, uh, kind of want to start from the bottom... Oh, they're all on here, actually. Uh, kind of want to start from the bottom quickly, at least in this article. We we already mentioned the battle for sanctuary thing already. Oh, it actually lists the languages. I didn't actually see that before. Uh, it's got English, Latin American, Spanish, and Brazilian Portuguese is is with with Fuck, I'm tired. It's going to be dubbed in all the languages it should be. Um, aside that, Inspector Season Two is going to be coming. In January 23, and Two Year Eternity Season 2 is coming in the fall. Oh, <laughs> fuck. It keeps, it keeps getting fucking bigger. Um, uh, wait, was there, is there that other thi- Oh, that's a separate article. Okay. Yes, that- it is. I-, I was confused. I was going to say, like, I thought that was going to be here. Uh, they confirmed something called The Tale of Outcasts, which actually looks pretty cool. Like, they confirmed the anime of that, and this kind of looks like a fantasy romance thing. Mm-hmm. That's a furry, and that that looks interesting. This gives me big Magus Bride vibes, and I'm excited to check that out. Um, outside that, uh, of course, Overlord Season 4. That, that's kind of a well-duh. And they also showed, uh, confirming and showing a brand new trailer for, uh, Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation Season 2. I, that, that is something I really do want to check out one of these days. I just gotta, I just gotta make the time to do it. But, fuck, does that look pretty immaculate as far as a, a trailer. There's all that but then there's the other big thing that, Andrew, I know you are really into. <laughs> I can't! I can't! Tomo-chan is a girl. Coming 
this winter, thank God. I can't fucking believe this one. This, I can't fucking believe someone made this explicitly for me. Okay. So Tomo-chan is a girl is a really cute romantic comedy series. Uh, it was picked up by Seven Seas. Uh, it's a, it's got eight volumes. It's a complete series. It's been complete for several years now, by the way. That's why seeing that it's getting an anime adaptation kind of made me lose my shit. Because you're like, usually, usually titles that are currently running or making a lot of money get the big bucks or get the, get the, get, get the things greenlit. But no, this has been done for several years and it's getting an anime. Uh, so yeah, the, the synopsis, according to Seven Seas. Boyish high school girl Tomo Aizawa finally manages to tell her childhood friend Jun that she's got a crush on him. Unfortunately, her confession goes right over his head. He didn't even realize she was a girl until middle school, and even now Jun still thinks of her as a bro. How could Tomo-chan possibly convince him otherwise and win his heart? So, this is a show about a fucking... All right, guess what? Who here is a fan of NFTs? Not me. That's right. Nice, fit tomboys. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's always welcome here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Tomachan is. And she is great. And she's basically just... She's basically a badass, like, karate kid who's... Jun also does karate and stuff. They're basically been bros for life. And he just kind of sees her like, man, you're my bro, bro. We're bros, bro. And she's like, ah, he's trying to, she's trying to get him to get it through his thick fucking skull that I'm a woman and I'm into you and all that jazz. Hijinks ensue. So this is a manga I really like. It's, it's not perfect. It got, it's got some things, including one character. I'm not a big fan of what her end game is, but I think this is a really cute manga with a really fun ensemble cast. And they've confirmed the Japanese voice cast and also the English one, too. Kind of, yeah. We have a preliminary cast list here. So, in Japanese, the main cast of uh, Mizuzu, which, god, that's the character I really want to know who plays her in English most. Mizuzu in Japanese is played by Rita Hidaka. Uh, Jun is played by Kaito Ishikawa. Uh, Tomo Aizawa is Rie Takahashi. And Carol Alston, who is a, uh, half Japanese, half English, uh, kid, is played by Sally Amaki of the idol group 22 over 7. I don't know how you actually say it, but Sally Amaki, 22 over 7. There's also a preliminary English cast. Tomo in English is one Lexi Nito, who is actually a really fresh face. She has one named character in Walkure in the dub of Talk Up Destiny. I think she is a local uh, Dallas actor, which kind of makes sense that uh, Cl uh, Caitlin uh, knew who she was. 
She's got a much deeper voice than I think I was actually expecting for Tomo-chan, but fuck. Deep, the deep voice for a character like that actually really works, and it's really interesting. I'm excited to hear Lexi take this character on. This should be fun. And playing Carol in English... Also, Sally Amaki. Uh-huh. So, there are two ways I can approach this. One is uh, fan brain, and the other is critical brain. Which do you want first? Whichever gets the show done faster. <laughs> Neither, so, okay. Um, so, the fan brain is... Uh, Carol is kind of like a weird, airheaded, like, half-Japanese, half-English kid already, who I imagined, when I read it, as kind of being a bit of an airy, like, an airy space cadet, but also kind of weird, but also kind of fun and cute. And, yeah, she's also half-Japanese and stuff. So... Sally is actually a pretty decent fit in regards to being airy and cute in that regard. And I'll also add on the fact that, unlike the scenario that happened with D4DJ First Mix, she is natively, she was born in California and raised in America before going over to Japan. So it's, it also sounds like she has at least acted in English before. She's apparently also in the, uh... Uh, fucking... Uh, what am I blanking on? Uh, she's apparently a character, Ash, uh, Ashley Taylor, in the Magia Record mobile game, and actually sp- seems to speak pretty good English in that as well. The critical part of my brain is acknowledging the fact that, yeah, having somebody doing both the Japanese and the English voice is kind of a gamble. Yeah... It doesn't always lead to the best results in regards to something like D4DJ First Mix. Just because somebody can speak both languages doesn't always mean they can act both languages. Though it at least seems like she is somebody who was raised in the U.S. and has acted in English on a few other occasions too. So I I will be cautiously optimistic, but I'm not going to pretend that the concern about doing something like this for a stunt cast to catch attention isn't at least a little crass and at least partially a little bit critical considering as far at the time of this recording, Crunchyroll is still kind of high and mighty about keeping things in studio in Dallas. So it's like, if their goal is to advertise the big name person to their dub that's in Japanese and English that they recorded remotely while continuing to not change their in-studio recording policies, it's gonna seem a little shitty. So, yeah. I'm actually really excited about this show. I'm really excited about this dub. And I actually think Sally sounded a lot more close to what I was expecting for Carol than I was expecting. I think she has potential to do a good job. I'm just also going to acknowledge the possibility it could be a little bit weird 
or a little bit shaky at the start. Hopefully just at the start and not the entire thing. And also acknowledging the hypocrisy of Crunchyroll keeping its studio while advertising a Japanese segment. Fuck it! I'm still really excited for this! I never thought this was gonna get a fucking dub! Fuck it! Let's go! I'm really... Man, this is this was a fun surprise. I think this is a bigger deal than the solo leveling thing. Fuck it, I'm glad you solo leveling fans are happy. I'm eating well this weekend. What the fuck is Anime Expo? That went on way longer than I thought. Ugh. Anyways, that's, that's the gist of all the big Crunchyroll stuff. Alright. Now we come to Anaplex of America, who insists on still existing. They only had one major thing to announce. Fake Grand Carnival got dubbed. It's on Crunchyroll now and it's coming to Blu-ray on October 11th. What the fuck? Where did this come from? Yeah. So, I'm I'm not shocked that they they decided they got the fake Grand Carnival thing and they're streaming it. I didn't expect it to not only be dubbed, but to be dubbed and available to watch the day it was announced. Very pleasant surprise. Very strange. Didn't think we were get, gonna get the Fate 4 coma gag comedy about the mobile game dubbed. But here we are. Yeah. Sounds like a good cast. Yeah, that was uh, very good. And now we can move on to... Oh, wait, 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 hold on. I'm getting a knock on... I'm getting a knock. What's that? Oh, you're giving me something? Okay, let me see what uh, this is. Oh, apparently Mashal got licensed by Analytics of America. Yeah! Fuck! So... I was expecting the... I, okay, so I'm going to be honest. There's been leaks going around that... Anaplex was going to have news about solo leveling and Mashal. I assumed solo leveling was going to be the Anaplex of America thing, and Mashal was going to be the Crunchyroll one. The inverse ended up happening. So you know what? I'm really curious who the fuck they're going to get to dub this project, or who's going to be Mashal when they do it. Or finding out a little more about it. Either way. I'm... Fuck it. Good for you, AOA. So, I guess... They got, you... they, they got that first hit of the Shonen hype. And they can't wait for more Demon Slayers. And so now they're going to go out and get other Shonen titles. How fun. Look, when it comes to weak to big Shonen Jump titles, it feels like it's either Toho or Anaplex at the helm of getting those. So, either way. Anyways, I guess the blue you could say the Blu-ray is going to be the cost of an unused gym membership. <laughs> that that's me that's me laughing through the the pain and the gain. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited. Okay. I'm still excited for Mashal anime. I I want to find out more about who's doing it and what. Fucking fake Grand Carnival. What the fuck? Yeah, and finally we're, we made it to Monday, and thankfully there's only a couple of things left. Azuki had a panel at Anime Expo. They only have 
three things to talk about. Thank okay. God. No, Andrew, you're not reading the synopsis. We don't have time. I can break you quick. You better. So, All right, number one. Okay, first up, we have Turning the Tables on the Seatmate Killer. Yuki Naruto's new seatmate, Yui Takasuchi, is the notorious seatmate killer who strings guys along before breaking their hearts. But Yuki's so clueless he might be immune to her charms, and so begins a fierce competition between two seatmates in this hilarious rom-com. So basically, she's trying to hit on him. He's fucking dumb. Hijinks ensue. Cool. My Sure. Alright, what's the next one? Next is... My Dear Detective, Mitsuko's Case Files. This seems cool. Mitsuko is Japan's first female detective in the turbulent 1920s, with a handsome college student shows up with a new case he ends up assigned as her new assistant. Join Mitsuko and Saku as they solve cases, exploring the changing cultural landscape of early Showa-era Japan, and maybe gag a little closer along the way in this fashionable mystery series. Historical mystery potential romance. Cool. Okay. And finally, from Mississippi, the authors, not the terrible state, Invisible Parade. Invisible Parade collects 13 stories, both recent from over a decade ago. This is definitive collection of Kyoto-based painter and comic artist Mississippi's comic works. The anthology collects manga by painter and independent artist Mississippi. Glacier Bay Books published the anthology in English in print. Azuki websites... Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, that was quick. Ugh. <sighs> Okay, thank God we got that done over with. And that leads us to the last big panel of Anime Expo 2022. The Chainsaw Man panel. The one everyone was waiting for all weekend long. And they ended it with... Two Well, let's not get there quite so soon. A lot of this info comes from a thread from Annie Trends. Interesting to note, this series is being produced without a committee, apparently, as MAPPA personally approached Shueisha to produce it, says Makoto Kimura, MAPPA Rights Management Director. Also probably a cry for help. That's a really interesting development, I gotta say. Yeah. Also said by Kimura is that the plan is to produce the series with no visual violence censorship. Basically, this is going to be raw gr- this is going to be grindhousey. They want it to look grindhousey. Yeah. And Kensuke Ushio was requested to compose the music for the series and is a fan of the Chainsaw Man manga. The dude did Devilman Crybaby. Seems like it's right at home with him. Yeah. And all weekend long, everyone was waiting for a, a video presentation, a preview video, a trailer of something, and how it ended was... Find out more. See you at Crunchyroll Expo in San Jose in August. They did the Japanese X convention thing in America. And this is the week after Otakon. So... This is going to really mess up our schedule going forward. I hope you realize that. So, I saw Jet was talking about this earlier on Twitter, and I'm going to be honest, there is maybe a real possibility that they heard about the Mob Psycho OP faux pas 
and then somebody decided, oh, you can't show shit now. Because, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. Because it, cause it, this was like the one everybody was clamoring for more details for. And after a kind of loaded convention weekend, it seemed like this would be a strong way to cap it off. And it's mostly just... It's still happening. Yeah, we just gotta wait a month to find out more. We still don't even know if it's coming in October. They've yet to confirm the October, but the second they confirm the October, the entirety of that giant plate we've been balancing for the fall is just gonna come crashing down. If and when that happens... I will probably break something, because I don't know how we're going to manage all that. Very... It's simple, we won't. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you've got the right idea, Joe. We just won't. We'll do our oh, best, God. but we'll fail miserably. Uh. And you know what? Raw audio's under four. Yeah. Speaking of failing miserably... Harmony Gold. Oh my god, did they have a... Oh god, I forgot. They did. It was very sparsely attended. They showed uh, nothing. They announced that that movie is still totally gonna happen because of the the Sony buying Crunchyroll and the, the, fun, the Funimation thing. That, that, that's all totally gonna happen, guys. Take a look at our fancy Toyota Supra. Doesn't that look so cool? Didn't did they also confirm that it was being directed by like a guy who did like something some Marvel? Oh, the guy who directed Hawkeye, and then they showed a trailer for Hawkeye. Yeah, which is why? Because these people have no idea what they're doing. Jesus Christ. Anyways. And that was Anime Expo. And they ended things off by announcing they will be coming back to LA <laughs> July 1st to 4th, 2023. And they will also be doing AX Ontario in Ontario, California the week before Anime NYC. Boy, the last thing I want to do is give the people that run Anime Expo any sort of accolades or credits. So I won't. I just won't. And they're doing a second con in a smaller venue. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Just fuck right off. And already seeing the amount of people that were there with COVID now. Ugh. I, I, there's a lot of cool announcements. I want it to be clear that all of our excitement for the things that were announced is us having fun at, like, some of the cool potential developments. The way this con was run, the way this was being handled, and the absolute disrespect for the attendees and the health of everybody in that fucking building is goddamn abhorrent. <sighs> On the side of industry information, we understand Anime Expo is a necessary evil. 
Every other aspect, though. Fuck right off. Fuck Anime Expo. All my homies hate Anime Expo. This is a terrible convention. Do not go there. Do not spend time in Los Angeles in July under any circumstance, but let, let alone this. <laughs> it is not a pleasant city to go to in the summer. It's it's hot. There's always this threat of earthquakes. It's way overcrowded. Just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. And with that, the show is at a merciful end. All right. I don't have an outro. Just We have no outro. We've been talking here for almost four hours. I want to go to bed. Yes, we will go to bed. We'll, we'll figure out what movies we're going to talk about later. We'll come back. We'll talk about something. We, we gotta, we gotta do some scheduling because we have two conventions coming up. We have a summer season coming up. We have a Dragon Ball movie coming up. I think it's time for us to take our usual July break and come back uh, rested with a plan. Good night, everybody. I'll do it. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. So we'll come back next time. Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. If you went to AX. Get tested and stay inside. Holy shit. Bye. When they said beforehand that there would be censored a version of the harem from another world with censored audio, I thought they meant we will edit out the sex noises and moaning and not bleep out every instance the word sex slave is said. Uh, Fucking incredible. I, I, I can't believe that's a thing. Oh, come on. Okay, I want to make sure I had Jacob Chapman's uh, thread up for this. Cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, hey, those movies are coming out in October in Japan. The the romance sci-fi duology. Cool. I wonder who's going to get them. Probably 11 RPG kids. Probably. Will be interesting to see how they actually do a story like that with two movies and then put it out in theaters. Wonder if they do it like a double feature. That'd be cool. I'm very curious because that seems like that'd be wild. Wait, are they releasing at the same time? I believe that's the gimmick, yes. Okay, so... Is it a double feature, or do you have to go see one or the other? I don't... Actually, very curious. The answer is yes. Yep, okay, fair enough. Oh my god, fucking Christ. Oh, we're totally getting... Galactic Heroes Season 4 in the fall, too. <sighs> Lordy. This one's gonna be loaded. <laughs> Unreasonably so. Yeah, that's gonna have to be something we do in two uh, recordings, because I... I... Either that, or we just come to terms about which ones are going to actually be lightning rounds, and we stick to them being lightning rounds. Yeah. <laughs> As in, with a timer. Yeah, okay, yeah. We'll I think that was, the, that was the big thing we'll, last time, where it's just like, yeah. th these will be click. This one went for ten minutes. It was trapped in a dating sim of all shows. I know! I didn't even want to talk about it! <laughs> We'll figure it out once the whole season is unveiled. Hey, oh. you're back. Okay. Hey, what up? Sorry if that took a bit. You're good. Okay. 